Some time ago, I introduced you to a British author and illustrator who had written a book that changes lives. His name is Charlie Mackesy. At the time we spoke, he was working on an exciting but somewhat overwhelming project, turning his sweet story into an animated film. I am so thrilled that the movie, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, took home an Oscar last month. It's one more way to get Charlie's wise and compassionate message of kindness out into the world. I think our conversation deserves a second listen. Charlie is pure, honest goodness, and I want to share him with you again today. Here's that conversation. You all know how much I love books. Books clutter every surface of my home. They are here in my studio. I have shelves of books. I have a desk that's piled up with books. They're all over my house next to the laundry. They're the thing you're most likely to trip over because I have piles of books on the floor. I kid you not. I'm somewhat of a hoarder and I love books. You can't find a place to set sometimes because I got books piled up. And please, please don't try to ask me to narrow it down and ask a foolish question like, well, what kind of books do you like? Just pick those because really I like them all. You will find fiction. You will find nonfiction, sagas, short stories, poetry books, lots of how-to books. I've, I think I've got, there's like a popular mechanics series that came out when I was a kid. I got all of them. How to do everything. How I could I could build a house with my how-to books. I can I can go to my how-to books to learn to do watercolor paintings. I have novels, hardbacks, soft covers. I got coloring books in the stacks. The list doesn't even include my kids' selection. My joy of reading, my love of books is why I have a monthly book club to share something that brings me so much joy and to recommend the titles that I think you will enjoy. Reading was a favorite pastime of my mother's. Wilma Dean passed her passion for the written word on to all four of her children, and I try to do the same. Although, just like my mom, I've discovered that it takes with some more than with others. When I stumble upon a book I feel everyone will love, regardless of age, genre, or any other number of variables, I get super excited. That's what happened last December. I was choosing gifts for my 12 stockings of Christmas giveaway and a beautiful picture book. It's full of swirly calligraphy, amazing illustrations and the simplest, sweetest, most profound messages came to me as a gift. My friend Lindy gave it to me as a gift and I fell in love with it. Whether you're looking for a little peace, a little comfort, a little insight or wisdom, or in my case, I have been, I'll, I'll be honest, I will admit it. It's hard to say, but I have been paralyzed with fear the last two years, actually the last four years since losing my son, Zach. I have let fear dominate my decisions and I found peace 
I found so much peace and so many things that you might be looking for, comfort, wisdom, between the pages of this simple little book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by English author and illustrator Charlie Mackesy. It was written, as Charlie notes in the foreword, for everyone, whether you are 80 or 8. If you've not heard of this book, which I can barely believe, or you've not prepared to take my word for it, that I simply won't believe. You've got to believe me when I tell you this. Perhaps the fact that as of August, the book had been on the New York Times bestseller list for 88 weeks and had sold over 2 million copies in the U.S. alone will speak to how beautiful and relevant it is to our world right now. I am so pleased that Charlie Mackesy is joining us on Love Someone today, hailing all the way from the UK. We're going to catch up with him and his characters, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, right after we spend a little moment on one of the sponsors that make these incredible conversations possible. My friends, family, and listeners know my love of tea, especially all things that come from the Bigelow Blends. Did you know that they have an incredible line of wellness teas called Bigelow Benefits? Benefit Tea Blends help to fuel our bodies with quality ingredients that are both good for you and full of aromatic flavor. Maintaining our health is important all the year through, but the months spent indoors can be especially challenging. With blends such as lemon and echinacea to support our immune system, rose and mint for stress relief, chamomile and lavender for a good night's sleep, and others that help to create balance, focus, and even one to help calm tummies. They've got me and my family covered. Cold weather is coming, but you can rise to the challenge like the satisfying steam from a hot mug of Bigelow Benefits Wellness Tea. Let's commit to keeping ourselves as healthy as we can by sipping a cup together as I play all your requests and dedications over the airwaves each night. With me today on Love Someone with Delilah is Charlie Mackesy, who's the author of such a delightful book, The Boy, the Mole, oh. the Fox, and the Horse. So I have to tell you, a friend of mine, Lindy, I don't know if you've spoken with her, but she works with my company. Last mm-hmm. year, she called me so excited, like she had found the Holy Grail. Like, <laughs> like you know, like we women get when we find a pair of jeans that actually fit and are comfortable, you know, and we're calling our friends. Oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe this. She called and she's like, you're not going to believe this book. I'm sending you a present. Wait till you see this. Wait till you read this. Uh, and she sent me your book. And I thought, this is like a kid's book. And then I sat down and exactly. Charlie, I read it in one night and I went, oh, my gosh. It's like thousands of years of wisdom condensed into such a sweet story. Well, that's a very lovely thing to say. Thank you. It's beautiful. And your illustrations, oh my gosh. I love to draw. I love to paint. Oh, do you? And when I, you know, the first time I read the book was just because Lindy had recommended it. And then I got several copies to give to my listeners as gifts last Christmas in our 12 Mm. stockings of Christmas. And then I sat down with it just for me. And I have little pieces of paper, little torn pieces of paper stuck in 
different pages that I just wanted to kind of read again and reflect on and honestly try to incorporate into my everyday life. So thank you for the the beauty. Thank you for the simplicity. It's very simple, isn't it? Yeah. It's so simple. Are you like this sweet? Like, is your heart really this sweet? I think that's for others to say, you know, it's very hard to describe yourself. At least I find it very difficult. I would never say I was that sweet. I'm sure. I don't know. Because I've written, I've written some stuff, but my my heart is not nearly as sweet or as pure as yours. Because you wrote this incredibly touching little book that I honestly think, if we made this mandatory reading for everybody in government right now, like if we could pass a law and say everybody in every nation. around the world who is in leadership position before they go to bed tonight must read the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Don't you think (laughs) we'd wake up tomorrow in a better world? Oh, that's a lovely thing. So I have to write that down. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously it'd be lovely if they did. Imagine if all the leaders in the world sat down and read this book before they went to bed (laughs) and thought, you know what? I could apply. I could apply just one principle of this book to my life tomorrow, to my decision making tomorrow. Right. And the world would be a better place. I mean, what do you think success is? Asked the boy. To love, said the mom. Love. Mm-hmm. love. I think that idea of success is fairly low on the list of, of many a leader, probably. <laughs> It's a lovely idea anyway. Uh, I mean, let's just send it to every university, (laughs) to every professor at every university that teaches an economics class or teaches a business class. Mm -hmm. And let's just put a little torn piece of paper right there. What do you think success is? Ask the boy. And let's just make that into a poster. Yeah, that'd be pretty moving. I mean, it's a a good idea. I mean, obviously I wouldn't promote it because I, I, you know, it would look odd me telling people to print out my drawing but i mean if you suggest it uh, well i i let me be your champion so if anybody is listening to this podcast who is a professor or a teacher or a leader <laughs> or a mayor or uh whatever in a position of authority at least print up the page about what success is and make a poster out of it good idea and the other one <laughs> of the other pages um mm-hmm. Most of the old moles I know wish they had listened less to their fears and more to their dreams. Well, fear kind of can destroy dreams, can't it, really? Fear can destroy everything. Fear is pretty loud often, especially now, the last couple of years especially. So I got this book last fall when we Mm. were in the thick of the shutdowns and... right the insanity that was going on. And when this book came and I read that, I felt like it was a gift from God. Like, like he was saying, stop and listen to your dreams instead. And not that I don't want to be mindful or aware of what's going on, but yeah, I can't live in that place. No, it's exhausting, you know? So should we make a poster out of this page too? Sure, why not? <laughs> if we're redefining success, the true meaning of success as love, there's so much wrapped up in that because then you go, well, you know, what do you mean love? Do you just mean like being ro- romantically in love? And it's no, no. No, 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 no. Far from it. 
Well, let's do two posters. <laughs> what else should we do? Oh, I'm not done with you yet. I want to do a poster of, of when the boy and the mole are sitting on the limb and the fox comes along just because that's such a pretty painting. Yeah. So what is your medium? I'm trying to figure out. Is it ink, watercolor? How do you get yeah, these? Yeah, it's, it's ink. It's ink and watercolor. Yeah. So it's an old fashioned dip pen. I mean, I spill ink everywhere. This, it's like every, it's a sea of ink, it's splattered pages and it's on my feet and, you know. Yeah. So I use ink and then I let it dry. And then when the drawing's dry, I then put watercolor over the top. And sometimes not even any color. Some of those drawings are just ink. Your artwork is very loose and flowing. Mm. And yet the little details, the little nuances are so precious. Oh, thank you. And I'm making a little film at the moment. So that's quite intense. I've never done one before. You're making a film with your book? Yeah. Yeah. Doing a little tiny animation, animated film. And are you drawing each picture? Are you doing like old-fashioned animation? Yeah, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing quite a lot of them. I'm, I have a, a lovely little team and we all share the, share the load. Um, but I've, I must have, I mean, the last nine months I must have drawn, I hate to think how many drawings I've done. Terrifying. So many. I, it's 25 frames a second. It's a lot of drawings. In 25 frames a second. So let's just say this, this little movie is a minute long. 60 seconds. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm not good at maths. You do the maths, but I, I know. I mean, it's half an hour. The film's half an hour. Oh my gosh. You, you've got to do just for a little five minute movie over 7,000 drawings. Yeah, exactly. And each one has to be the same except for the little movement. Well, a tiny difference. Yeah. yeah, a tiny difference. So is there a way to like leave the stick or the branch they're sitting on out and just like move the hand? So you don't- yeah, of course. You don't have to redraw the whole. Yeah, you have layers, you know, so sometimes there'll be backgrounds and, and landscapes are pretty much still. So you don't have to redraw those. Charlie, that's a lot of ink. You're making me feel really aware of just how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to think about it anymore. But I love that you're doing it the old-fashioned way. I love that you did the book the old-fashioned way. Oh, people think I'm crazy doing it this way. I mean, everyone thinks I'm mad, yeah. We need to start a movement to get Charlie Mackesy in the hands of every, you know, we could start with kids because it would be really good for children to learn this before they get all messed up by our education system that teaches them the, the exact opposite of what the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse teaches. Yeah. Don't you think like the media and the education system and everything right now kind of teaches kids the opposite? The irony of all that is, you know, that I think sometimes if you apply those principles, you'll do better anyway. I had a banker come to me a couple of years ago, and I probably shouldn't say this. Um, anyway, there's no names involved, but he came to my house. And uh, he'd been following me on Instagram, actually, and he just said, I just want to talk to you. He left his driver outside. He was a very cool guy, you know. And he sat with me and he said, you know, I kind of feel that we need to run the bank on these principles. But it's so against the flow it's so counterculture so he sort of said you know if if, if we're all honest we, we discover our, our, what our weaknesses are and then if we knew what they were we could cover each other we go okay so if you're telling me that this is what your struggles are then that's great because at least we know whereas everyone's pretending to be strong everyone's pretending to be good at things when they're not so we don't really know so he he applied the principles to his bank and he came to see me a year later and said 
yeah, this seems to be working. Am I being kinder, more honest? Uh, we're sharing pain. Um, no one's covering up anymore. You know, all this stuff. And I was, you know, I, I cried with him. We had a cup of tea and I cried. And I said, well, you know, I'm really thrilled for you. You know, he said, we have a community now, whereas beforehand we had a, a team. A team. And a, a team. A team. And we were, we, we were a winning team. And he said, now we have something else. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of an empathetic group of people who know each other pretty deeply now and are not afraid to say who they are, what they struggle with, or what, what they fear. Or, and because of that, we work better together. You know? So I, was, I, was, I find that very moving. I mean, I don't think I set out to make a book that would help banks, far from it, but it was interesting, at least. I don't know when you decided to write this and publish it, if you had, you could not have known how many hearts it would touch. No, I mean, really, I wrote, I, a lot of those drawings I wrote, I, I'd made for um, people that I know and love, you know, who have been honest and brave enough to tell me what they struggle with and what I struggle with. I'm not like exempt from these struggles. So who, who do you, who do you, Charlie, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a little of you in all the characters, but is there one yeah. in particular that you feel is you, represents you the most? You know, it's interesting that there's bits of me in, in all of them. And it, from day to day, I think sometimes I'm definitely like the fox. I definitely take a while to trust people. So I'd like go around in big circles and then my circle decreases and eventually I'll sit next to someone. Sometimes, other times I leap straight in and I'm gung-ho and very happy and hugging and everything. But I do see the fox in me. Um, I think I am like the mole. I think I default to cake very quickly if things go wrong. Um, I, I default know. to cake very quickly when things go right, when things right. go wrong. I think one of my yeah. favorite pages was when the mole said, I, I, I brought you a cake. And the boy's like, where is it? I ate it. And then I brought you another and I ate it too. <laughs> Same thing seems to have happened. Yeah, you know, that I did that the other day with my sister. I bought her a cake. I got a beautiful cake for her. And I knew she was getting back, like, you know, that tea time. And I just, every time I walked past it, I thought, come on, just a little. There's like a million little universal truths here. Just so sweetly put, be curious as they look up at the moon. How mm -hmm. sweet is that? How sweet is that? So I've read it to my children. Um, the 17-year-olds didn't appreciate me setting them down and, and making me read it. They're like, Mom. No, I'm, I bet they couldn't. Yeah, for them. Could they, could, they, could they cope with it? Do they like it? They did like it, but they're like, just give me the book. Just give me the book, Mom. Let me read the book. Right. <laughs> right. Because I'm kind of animated and I like to, you know, act out the characters. And Great. It works, it works great. well for my five-year-old, but not so much for the 17-year-olds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get a, I get a lot of emails and mail from from eighty year olds and eight year olds. I really do, and school kids, and but not many adolescents, not many teenagers. I bet if we turned it into a crazy phone app, I don't know. I don't get why kids like have to be like this, glued to a device when there's books you can touch and hold and. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's interesting you say that because I kind of, I remember when I decided to do the book, there's a lovely Irish gentleman called Colm and he helped me sew the pages together on, on it. So I'm terrible with digital stuff. And he, I remember saying to him right at the beginning, I think we should try and make a, a little treasure that you can hold and it exists and it's, 
it's a solid. And so I wanted it to be quite heavy. I wanted it to really exist physically. And I get these letters now from a lot of mothers who say that their children hold it or have it physically under their arms in bed or under their pillow, or they take it with them to school. And I find that so moving that, that cause, cause the screen is, is, as you say, a screen is a screen and it's a different thing altogether. But I love, I wanted to have heavy paper and I don't know. It, substance. Physical substance, substance. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And even even though the the drawings are very whimsical and very ethereal, they're ethereal. Mm-hmm. They're light, like a spirit. Nice. But I hope they I, I I hope they also fairly grounded. I didn't want to make something that was. That's what I was going to say. The colors and the composition, mm-hmm. even though they're ethereal. The colors and the composition, they're very grounded. They have substance. Earthy. And they leave Mm -hmm. an impression. Like when you look at one of your paintings, one of the drawings, especially one that you've, like the horse swimming, you fell, but I've got you. After I looked at that and I studied it, I went to sleep. The image was still in my mind, was still. Really, really, really. I could still see it. Really? Yeah. I love that. Wow. You're very talented, young man. Well, you're very kind. Cake, said the mole. Cake, cake. Yeah, but he discovers he discovers something better than cake, you see. Because I, you know, there's the site, there's a part of the mole that is, he's definitely the addict. You know? He is deaf. That's why the mole and I yeah. are simpatico, especially yeah. when he, he wanted to bless his friend. He wanted to, you know, to surprise him. But his addiction is just like, ah, dang it. I ate it. Right, right. But then he discovers that love is and a hug is better than better than cake better than cake yeah how many times in my life have i been disappointed at myself or somebody <laughs> i dearly love because addictions kick up and it gets in the way of love yeah i think that's right i mean i, I don't know who said this i think it's a brilliant or it was a discovery that was made that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety the opposite of addiction is connection and i think a lot of addictions arise from a desire for some kind of connection or, or there is a disconnection we want to to somehow fill yeah or medicate if we feel disconnected or you know it's all it's all that stuff isn't it witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, 
peanut butter M&Ms because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Okay, so we've got your books in the hands of every leader, every mayor, every elected official, every self-appointed official, and every economics professor and business teacher. Now, let's just, you know, spread it to every recovery center. What do you think? Well, that's a it's a good aim. But again, it would be very arrogant for me to suggest these things. You can. I, I will do it for you. I will be the champion of the boy, the mole, the fox. Lindy is truly, we need to appoint her your champion. Uh, Lindy Thurman. Lindy sounds great. Oh, she, Charlie, she is in love with you. She is like when she called me, I thought she had just discovered like some (laughs) anti-aging cream or something. I don't know. She was so excited. She's like, no, D, this sweet little book has impacted me in such a profound way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of skeptical. Yeah, I'm not good with self-help books. It was never intended to be one, though. No, but you can't know where somebody is coming from when they're talking about your book, The Boy, the Mold, the Fox and the Horse, unless you actually read it. Four very complicated characters with very different personalities. Yeah. I didn't even know that the four characters were bits of me at the time. You know, it wasn't till after I thought, hang on a second. You went, wait a minute. (laughs) Give me another piece of cake. Right. So I have these questions and then, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of like, we don't realize what we're doing until we look back and think, oh, now I see what I was, okay. I think for me, I have been all four characters at different phases of my life. Have you? Yeah. Who are you right now? Well, I'm always mostly the mole. I mean, I'm always mostly, you know, the one that wants to eat the cake. I'm an <laughs> addict and I, I, you know, I get addicted to projects. I get addicted to artwork and I am all consumed. I am like, and mm-hmm. I've got this whole other life, you know, like kids and grandkids and, and work that I'm like, but I just want to finish my floor. I did this. I did this mural. I started a mural with wood rounds, I cut 
thousands of pieces of wood from twigs and sticks. Then I sanded them. Then I verithane them and then I stained them different colors. And I used the wood rounds like you would use a paintbrush to do right. a mural on my floor. But then it kind of grew up the sides of the walls. And before I knew it, it had like taken on a life of its own. And so I would get off the air, Charlie, at midnight, and then I would go work on this floor. But you have to use pretty heavy chemicals. You know, it's mm-hmm. like verithane. And mm-hmm. even though I had the mm-hmm. right mask and the respirator, by two o'clock in the morning, I don't even know it's two o'clock in the morning. I don't even know where I am, but I'm lost yeah, in my that. mural. Yeah. yeah. So mostly. I would say the mole, but since I've lost my boys, fear just um, uh, dominates, you know, and I have to constantly battle it. Yeah. It's not good. I know that so well. Not good. I'm sorry. Yeah. But your book helps. Really? It really, truly does. But I think your, your journey of talk, I mean, the fact that you're able to talk openly about it is such a great thing, you know? I mean, it's brave to say. A lot of people couldn't, wouldn't have the courage to say that. Oh, trust me, saying. I don't say it very often. I don't talk about it very often. Because I end you up don't? crying, and then I'm a blubbering mess, and, and you know, deep breath. Yeah. Deep breath. Yeah. I mean, I find myself crying a lot these days. I don't even know why sometimes. I was on my bicycle the other day, listening to a song, and I just had an, an email from a nurse who, who'd, I get a lot of emails from people who really struggled the last year and a half, and and I just read, a, I just read an email and then I was listening to the song and I, I had tears pouring down my face. And then before I knew where I was, I had to stop the bike and I was just really crying. And it was just so, so much of the last two years was just coming up and I wasn't expecting it. It came from sort of nowhere. I talk to my kids all the time about having tools in their tool belt. I said, if you go out to build a house and all you have is a hammer and a saw, you're not going to be very <laughs> successful. And if you go out the doors of this house, whenever you choose to you know, spread your wings and fly... And the only tools you have in your tool belt are, you know, the things they teach you in school or whatever. Right. You're not going right. to be very successful. So I refer to things that help us as tools in our tool belt with my kids. And right. the more tools you have in your tool belt or your tool chest, the better equipped you are. I think really, especially for boys, because I, I know for me, being English and, you know, educated in a certain way, emotions were difficult or, or almost, you know, there were only some, there were some legitimate emotions like anger. That was fine. But, you know, <laughs> I'm really good at fine. that one. I'm so yeah, good, good at that, that one. Boys. Yeah. But, but when it comes to real vulnerability or sharing weakness or, you know, that if that had been encouraged as a strength, that connection came through vulnerability rather than impressing people with how well you did at rugby or whatever it was. You know, I think we would have set off in a very different, it's taken me so long to learn all these things, you know? Yeah. So I think having an armory that involves all those things will set you up. So um, your book, I think, is a good tool for anybody. I mean, not just somebody who's going through loss, not just somebody who's paralyzed right. with fear with our current economic situation and world situation, mm-hmm. but anybody out of any age that reads your little book, I think will be blessed. I think their heart will be enlarged. I can't believe our good fortune in being able to spend all this time with Charlie Mackesy about the boy and his motley crew of unlikely companions will continue. 
this delightful conversation. As soon as I share a little more of my good luck, a word about a sponsor whose support enables me to reach out to guests like Charlie and bring their inspiration and insights to you. If you're going to wear glasses, there's one brand of frames I recommend. You have to look for it, but it's worth it. The brand is called Eyes of Faith Optical. I discovered this brand. I fell in love with their style of frames. I wear them every day now and get so many compliments. It was only after I discovered the beauty of their frames did I discover the subtle message hidden on the inside of every frame, a scripture from the Bible. Their purpose is not only to provide you with a great frame, but to help others too. Eyes of Faith Optical shares a generous amount of the money they earn to improve the lives and eyesight of so many others, many of them less fortunate than you and I. See their frames and choose the ones that make you feel great when you wear them. EOFoptical.com is their website. You're going to love what you discover. EOFoptical.com. You're in America, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a silly question. Where though? I have two farms. I have a small farm that's 55 acres outside of Seattle. Nice. Wow. You have to go across water to get to me. So even though we're only like technically eight miles from Seattle, it takes an hour to get here because you have to go on a ferry. I've never to been to Seattle. I always wanted to go. And then um, I have a farm six and a half hours south in Oregon. Um, wow. That's 500 acres. So nice. I love dirt. I love to be in the me dirt. Me too. Because I, I say that because you do remind me of when I was in my 20s, I had a show in New York and, and then they, they asked me if I'd do a, a big mural in a house in Connecticut outside Manhattan, you know, now on the train. And I went and I, you know, I did the mural, whatever, and it was nice. And there were some very lovely people there and it was fun. And a lady came at the end of the day, it was like the press officer, and she looked at me and she said, well, who are you? And I said, um, Charlie says, where are you staying? And I said, Oh, in, in a little sort of boarding house in Manhattan. She's, so you, so every day you come out and do this and go out. I said, she, you want to come stay with me? And I said, that'd be lovely. She said, right, I'll pick you up at five. And she came and she had this big old station wagon. When I got to the house, she had foster children. She had parrots and dogs and cats. And it was this whole menagerie of life. And she was called Pam. And she showed me a whole other way of thinking and living. She showed me what it meant to really extend family to people. She'd lost a son. She'd lost a husband. Her husband had been an alcoholic. He died. You know, she'd really suffered, like really. And that suffering had opened her heart rather than shut it down. She'd opened up and her household was something I will never forget as long as I live. It was a beautiful thing. Between my husband and I, we have 20 children and 23 grandchildren. Wow. Yeah, well, you remind me of it. The reason why I said it is because you do remind me of it. There's Thank something you. about you that, that is you. really so open and warm. It's really rare. So you're great. I don't understand. I will never understand when there are so many children who need love. Right. Why? I, I don't understand why there is a single child stuck in foster care. Yeah, it's a strange thing, right? Why? Why? Why are children in foster care? If we claim to be people that have faith, you know, we use our religion or our faith as an excuse to to say this or do that. 
but we have no love? If every church or synagogue or mosque in America just took just took and adopted one child out of foster care, do you know there would be no kids in foster care? Yeah, that's amazing. Why aren't we stepping up to the plate and saying, come live, come to my, you know, like the lady, like Pam, who said, Charlie, come and stay at my house. So you have 20, <laughs> you have 20 children. I mean, how many, how many of those? Are- Only four are still at home. Wow. Then my husband has five children. All but one were grown when we got together, when we met. Right. And our children age from 42 down to five. Wow, that's amazing. So I saw a picture the other day of my oldest natural born son who uh, I took to kindergarten like 32 years ago was his first day of kindergarten. And last Mm -hmm. week was my baby's first day of kindergarten. This is my last first day of kindergarten. This is the last time I will be taking a child of mine to kindergarten. And that was very, I I came home and I bawled like a baby. Everybody's like, oh, you must be so excited. You're going to have some free time. I'm like, I'm not excited. (laughs) He's my baby. I'm pretty pathetic. No, you're in touch with your emotions. That's great. At least you felt it and said it. Good for you. And he loves your book. He does? Yes. His name is Paul Adam. He loves your book and I've read it to him. Oh, well, say hi to him for me. I cannot even tell you how many times. I need to I need to send you some books with, with my name in them. I can write my name in for you. I would love that. I would love yeah. that. And I'm going to start this campaign to get there you are. the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse into the hands <laughs> Of every politician, of every teacher, of every leader, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, a, you know what I'm gonna do, Charlie? I'm gonna go buy some, and I'm gonna take it to the principal at our local high school, and say, you know, if you just, if you would just please make these into posters and put them in all the classes, especially for the seniors who are about to launch into the world, I would appreciate it. Like, is, can they do that? Can they make a photocopy of the page? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've always said that to people. I mean, schools and hospitals have done that all the time. And I love the fact they do that. So They blow them right up, you know? Right. The, uh, what do you think success is, asked the boy? To love, said the mole. That's the one I think that everybody should have a poster of that. You know, you could frame it. You could put a nice, like, black frame around it. Or you could just make sure. a poster. What do you think? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll work on this campaign. You go work on your 75, <laughs> 7,500 drawings <laughs> you have to do for a five-minute movie. I, I, I used to volunteer in a place for um, every Wednesday afternoon. I used to teach people in an old people's home how to draw. And one of the things they were scared of was not being very good, you know, or disappointing themselves. Or they're always told when they were little they couldn't draw or whatever. I said, okay, so here's the thing. Draw now, but two things. One, pretend that you're four years old and that you can, you're allowed to make a mess. So the whole aim here is to make a mess. And the second thing is that when you've done your drawing, throw it away. No one's going to look at it. Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't throw okay, it Okay, so, so wait. So they started doing it, and, and I said, there's no pressure at all on you to make anything good. This is not about good, it's just having fun. And you know what? They began really slowly, and then three weeks later, they were and. Un- they just drawing a mess everywhere and bit by bit when they realized that, that it was okay to not do very well their drawings got better and better and they went through false wall after false wall until eventually you know they're making these beautiful things 
I mean, half of the guys I taught are dead now, sadly, but they, you know, they, <laughs> but they, they did some they, beautiful things while they, they were here. Great, well, in the last, last year or two, they made, they had fun, you know. If you, if you give me a way to text you or send you, I'll send you a picture of my floor that, sure. that took over my life for six months. Okay. I started it in February and uh, I just have one coat of everything to go and then I'm done. But it, it literally crawled up the walls of the, it's two rooms and it was just going to be a, an image of a tree on the floor and it crawled up the walls and, and over. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. It even went up to the ceiling. Yeah. So. Wow. But yeah, I will get the, the dip pin out. I've got them someplace and I'll start drawing again just because you inspire me. I really think you should. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, you just. Well, uh, like I, I'm too much of a, I'm, I'm too fussy. I'm way too fussy. I know. I, I can be loose in life with other things, you know, and, and free flowing, but uh, I'm way too fussy with, with something. So my goal is to be more like Charlie. <laughs> no, my goal is to be more like the horse. Cause yeah, be the horse. Be the horse. Yeah, be, if you be gotta be horse. anyone, be it, be the horse. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right. I'll send you some pictures of my horses. Okay. I'd love to see them. All right, Charlie. I know you got work to do, so I'll let you go. Thank you for spending time with us. You are delightful. No, I really loved it. Thanks for having me. Stay in touch. Okay. I'm going to organize it with Callan to get you some books. Wonderful. I'll talk to you again soon. God bless. Bye-bye. I know it's getting late in the day in London, Charlie. Thank you for sharing so much of your time and reintroducing the boy and his friends to us. I say reintroducing because I feel like we've all met the boy before. He's inside each of us. He represents our life struggles, big and small. It's been wonderful getting reacquainted with him and remembering the things that either once worried him or maybe still does. And he managed to figure it out as well as putting me in touch with all those inner voices that have guided me along my life's path. The boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse is truly a special gift. If you haven't yet thumbed your way through a copy, do yourself a favor and get a hold of one as quickly as you can. As Charlie recommends in his foreword, start anywhere you like. Start in the middle, start at the end, or if you must, start at the beginning. It's up to you. Just like so many other choices we have in life, perhaps the most important one is the choice to be kind. The boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse can be found wherever books are sold, and they make great gifts. Great gifts for everyone on your list, from grandparents to grandchildren to world leaders. Charlie continues to share the journey on his social media platforms at Charlie Macasey on both Instagram and Facebook. You'll want to keep up with him there and share his beautiful, insightful post with all your own followers. Spring is such a lovely time of year. Everything feels so fresh and new and possible. It's a perfect time to give birth to something beautiful. And there's nothing more beautiful than kindness. Watch the Oscar-winning animated film, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. Keep the book in a handy place to reread whenever you need a lift and sprinkle kindness everywhere you go. It changes lives. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.